This podcast is sponsored by Pet Plan, who are the UK's number one pet insurer. I've always used Pet Plan for Raymond as they cover things other insurers don't and they can even pay your vet directly, which can be a big help. No, Raymond, that doesn't mean you can spend all the extra cash on treats. Terms, conditions and excesses apply. Pet Plan is a trading name of Allianz Insurance PLC. Your podcast is more popular than God's. God doesn't do a podcast. <laughs> well, Gary Lineker hasn't had a conversation with him yet. He's on to it. <laughs> Welcome to the all-new weekly Walking the Dog, hosted by me, Emily Dean, and my dog Raymond, the world's most ridiculous-looking shih tzu. We're kicking off our brand new show with a very special guest. He's a political strategist, author, journalist, even plays the bagpipes. And let's face it, podcasting king. It is, of course, the Rest is Politics host, Alistair Campbell. Alistair took me to London's Parliament Hill with his adorable Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, Sky, and we had the best chat about pretty much everything. Now, Alistair wasn't initially sold on Raymond. The actual word he used was bog brush. I know, none taken. But, you know, sometimes beautiful friendships can grow from unlikely beginnings. I mean, just look at him and Rory Stewart. I really hope you enjoy my chat with Alistair. You can listen to him on The Rest is Politics and do check out his fabulous book, But What Can I Do? I'd also love it if you subscribe to Walking the Dog. I'll stop talking now and hand over to the man himself. Here's Alistair and Skye and Raymond. Come on then, let's go. Look at her. It's like an old sort of bog brush, isn't it? I mean, what a way to talk about my dog, Alistair Campbell. Um, okay, I just need to find a poo bag. I've got them. Have you? Yeah. I've oh, got do them. you know, I feel really privileged. I'm, I'm using an Alistair Campbell poo bag. Hold on. Do you have branded ones? Yeah, so rest, rest is politics, new European. Rest, rest is poo. Rest is politics, new European, <laughs> buy, my, buy my books. Boat Labour, Sport Burnley, love bagpipes. There you are. <laughs> Unless it's a podcast, nobody can tell whether that's true or not. I'm going to pick up this poo because I know one of your great hates is people that don't pick up dog poo. Oh, yeah, sure. Right. Man, there's quite a lot of the human stuff around here at the moment as well. Cut. <laughs> Come on. Right, I'm, I'm hoping Ray's going to make her go a bit faster than she came here. I mean, we, you can always hope, Alistair. Has she already performed? I'm going to put this in the bin. Look, that was the... I don't want to see it. <laughs> See it? Just because it's in my branded bag. Okay, come on, Ray. Right, Sky is on her lead, so do you think I should do the same with... No, it's up to you, but the only reason is she, she, she doesn't like going without both of us. So she's the first ten minutes, she's just going to look back for Fiona all the time. Is she? Yeah, and eventually I'll let her off the lead and she'll forget. Come on. Was that like when you first left number ten? Were you doing that about Tony Blair? No. Is, just looking up all the time, saying, where's Tony? Oh, do you know, I think Sky and Ray look really good together. Do you? Yeah, do you? They look marvellous. Lovely couple. Sky's, um... She's not... She's not a young five, I have to say. And I think having... So when she was, like, a, a puppy... In fact, for the first couple of years, she was absolutely... sort of You couldn't keep your eyes off her because she was just running around everywhere. And now she's like this, she just sort of loves to stop and poke around. She's also quite bored with the heath. When we first arranged to meet for this walk, I really enjoyed your response, which was, the thing is, Sky is so bored of the heath now. Is that what I said? Yeah, and I like it because it suggests that you want to make her life as adventure-filled as possible. No, well also, it's like last week we were in, um, where were we? We were in Scotland. And we found this little forest with a little lake and a little loch. And she just was running, it was like she was a puppy again. She was running all over the place. She was diving into water. So, but here she just knows it so well. And partly because, you know, during COVID, we literally spent our life tramping around the heath. Come on, Sky. She's very sweet natured, Alistair. Oh, she is, yeah, no, she's really nice. Where are you going, love? She's a bit of a rock star on the heath, to be fair. So, I suppose I should formally introduce you. Which Go on, then. <laughs> you don't get that at Wembley Stadium, do you? What? Well, Elton John doesn't say, go on, then. You might do. 
<laughs> so I could not be more excited. I'm a huge fan of this man. As I'm saying this, he's currently investigating a bush. Yeah. I'm with cool. strategist, yeah. broadcaster, author, and let's face it, podcaster well, should be right at the top now. Do you think so? Yeah. It's quite weird, isn't it? Co-host of The Rest is Politics. Now rivaled by The Rest is Dog Walking. <laughs> and you goal hanger production. They're taking over the world, aren't they? Gary wouldn't let me do The Rest is Dogs. I felt a bit like a sort of Love Island contestant asking if I could go on questions. You want to do the rest of his dogs? <laughs> he wouldn't let me do rest of his dogs. Why not? I think it's for serious things. Yeah, it's, you know, dogs are serious, <laughs> aren't they? Do you hear that, If it was the rest of his poo, that'd be... <laughs> mm, that'd be tricky. That's Boris Johnson's podcast. Oh, don't mention Boris Johnson, please. I think one of the reasons I was quite keen to do is I thought I wouldn't have to talk about stuff that I normally talk about. Oh, Alistair, I don't want a harsh or mellow. Let's, so like, pre let's pretend I never mentioned him. So, Alistair Campbell, will you introduce me to your dog, formally? So, Sky, this is Ray. Ray, this is Sky. Emily, this is Sky. I think we've known each other long enough and I can call you M. Sky, this is M. Well, that makes you sound like a spy master. <laughs> and Sky is absolutely beautiful Alistair. Yeah she is. So how old is she and how long have you had her? She's five and we've had her since she was just a little puppy. She's quite an old five, she's getting very slow and lethargic, she sleeps a lot during the day. Quite like that though, I do quite a lot of my work on the sofa and she comes and just, she's, she's the perfect length for my upper thigh. She just lies against my upper thigh all day long, snores a lot, I did an interview, a tele interview, a radio interview the other day. After a while, the producer came on and said, "So, just going, is there, is there something weird buzzing noise in your, in your room?" And of course, it was just Sky doing a very gentle, permanent snore. She sort of snores with, you know, most snoring there are big breaks between it. She just had very little breaks between the snores. <laughs> if you do, and then, inhale, exhale, snoring. I also like it when Ray sighs like he pays rent. It's like, <laughs> what have you got to sigh about? Yeah. Sky doesn't like being bothered. See, at the moment, <clears throat> she'll perk up in a minute, but normally, Fiona always walks her. This is Fiona Miller, we should say, your partner. Yeah. Of 44 years? Two, I think. 42. 43, maybe. And she, so, so Sky will... So if, if, if both of us go, this guy will go off fine. If one of us goes, it takes her a long time to warm up. She's constantly looking back for the other. And what um, flavour is Sky? What breed is she? Is Cabernet she? King Charles, Spaniel. I love the uh, curly ears as well. She's so elegant. All right, you're right. Did you see... Um, on our podcast yesterday, I was reading an extract from Rory Stewart's oh. book where he says Jeremy Corbyn has large, beautiful ears. <laughs> well, what the hell is that about? So you're saying the same about my dog? Do you know, that would be really insulting if someone said that to you. If someone said, you know what, you've got really lovely ears. I no, think I think some people, I, I've never seen a man that I've thought nice ears. I have with women. Come on. Come on, Ray Ray. So Alistair, we're mm. here with Sky, obviously, and... This isn't your first time no. at the dog rodeo because you had a dog prior to this, didn't Molly. you? Same breed. And she. But Ruby, the, Molly was Ruby. And as you can see, this guy's got quite a lot of white on her. We got Molly because Grace, when she was a kid, our daughter, she was obsessed with getting a dog, and I was against it. On the on the you know usual thing that I was absolutely sure that we'd get the dog and then Grace would lose interest, blah, 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 usual story. Now, in fact, to be fair to Grace, she didn't lose interest. However, I think it took a, it was basically Grace's first major campaign. She even at one point, we came back from a week, Fiona and I had been away from somewhere, and we came back and Grace had put a post-it note in every drawer in the house saying, Grace wants a dog, get Grace a dog. Grace's life won't be worth living if she doesn't get a dog. She got Tony Blair to 
<coughs> tell me that she need, I needed to get her a dog. Because Did that she? Was, no, she, I think she just said, look, will you tell him I really, really want a dog? Because I think she thought I would do what, I was, what he told me, which is not always the case. And so eventually, eventually we get, I mean, she is very, very, she will sort of just go for it. I can't imagine where she gets that from. No, Fiona in the sky probably. <laughs> come on, come on. So that was Molly, and but then of course inevitably, Fiona absolutely fell in love with Molly. I liked Molly, but I wasn't around as much then. So I wasn't as close to Molly as I am to Sky. Molly was Grace's dog, but oh, I hate this. What when the what do you when, hate? When the leads get caught. Very nice. Come on, you have to do the dance of the lead. And so. You've experienced the thing that I most dread, Alistair, which is that day when you have to say goodbye to a dog. Yeah. Was it... It must have been so sad. Well, it was horrible, but it was, it was also quite... You know, my dad was a vet, so I was very used to being around dying dogs. So I used to go into my dad's surgery and there'd be people sort of... But it, was, it seems to me back then it was less of a thing. You went in, obviously people would be crying and stuff, but you went in, the vet put the dog down, put it in a bag, waited to come and collect it at the end of the week. That was kind of it. And we, had, we did the whole thing. We had this very nice Australian woman came in and did the whole thing. All of us were there. The boys came, so Grace was there, Fiona was there, I was there, the two boys were there, Roy and Callum. And it really was quite emotional, yeah, it was. It was horrible in a way, but it was also quite nice to see a sort of the woman did it really, really well. Um, and then Callum took her out to the car and off she went and then they did the ashes and all that stuff. Um, yeah, it's pretty horrible. We couldn't, before, when, she, when it was obvious she was, hello, when it was obvious she was dying or getting towards the end, we probably kept her alive a bit too long in a way. Mm. I think the last few months were pretty miserable. Here we are, they always recognise each other. Was that another? Um... That was another, yeah, Cavalier, yeah. They normally stop and have a little chat. Come on, will you move? I carry Ray like this. Yeah, would, you do, would you do this with Sky? No, no, I think that would be... I think once you've decided your dog is like a handbag, it's all over. Look, she's not moving now. <laughs> oh, Sky! Come on. Hello, hello. I'm doing the most ridiculous thing in the world. What, I'm doing a podcast called Walking the Dog. Oh. But the dog won't walk. <laughs> I know, I know. Look, she's just standing there. Look. Are you part of the podcast? She's the walker. Oh, hello. And this is the dog. Hello. Hi. This dog. is Justine. Hi, Justine. Dog. This is Raymond. Oh, hi. Where's your dog? She's by the tree over there. Oh, the little God, cup. she really is. Because I, I was thinking Raymond wasn't doing badly. No, she won't move. So that's put a bit of a downer on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's. Why didn't you have to rename it? I mean, <laughs> not walking with the dog. <laughs> Come on, Sky. She's being used. Purposes. I think that's possibly. Yeah. That's, that's, well, I think this is her, obje- her way of objection. Yesterday, objecting. I think she's right. <laughs> Yesterday she did a shoot with. I thought that she did a photo thing with Grace, where she had to get glammed up and. Glammed up. No, there was. Uh, she just you know Grace. You mean Grace did all the, dog, the whole thing? The whole setup was sort of bonkers. She's not moving at all. She's on strike. We don't want to interrupt the production values of this podcast, <laughs> so we better move on. See you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See you. Sky, come on. Come on, Sky. I'll just put her back in the lead. Oh, she was nice, Alistair. That was Mrs. Ed Miliband. I thought it was. Did you? Yeah. Because I had Ed on this Who, podcast. by the way, may I add, is a wonderful, successful person in her own right. Yes. And a judge. Yes, I was going to so say. that's how you might know her. So I want to go back to Alistair Campbell's origin story. Yeah. And as you said, your dad, your dad was a vet. Yeah. And this was in Yorkshire where you grew up, wasn't yeah. it? In yeah. Keithley? Keithley, Yorkshire, yeah. And you're one of four. Four. Two of us left. How would you describe your childhood in terms of... I always say when I talk about my family, I say it was sort of benign bohemian chaos. OK. What, how would you describe the sort of dynamic in your household? If I allow three words like that. Caledonian. Uh, very Scottish. Very family focused uh, I mean by that I mean the broader family so both my parents Scots from quite big families 
and we seem to spend a lot of time either, you know, the other family members coming or us going to them in Scotland. Uh, and Dad, a vet, very hard working, really cared about his work. Um, Mum decided once she was, once Donald, my brother, was born, she decided that was it for her. She wasn't, she was going to just look after family. So it was very kind of, what do you say, benign bohemian? I'd say benign non-bohemian. Mm. As I say, quite Scottish, small C conservative. Mm. There's the men's pond there where I sometimes go. Quite busy, isn't it? No, so an, an animal's a big part of it. We had a dog called Bisto. Bisto's a great Bisto, name. Yeah, yeah. I had a West Island Terrier. She was really sweet. And then we had another one called Penny, who was a Labrador. Golden Labrador. But my dad was a vet who... We had to leave Yorkshire when I was 11, 10, 11, because he had a very bad accident and gave up his practice and joined the Ministry of Agriculture and became a sort of ministry vet, which was just a bit less stressful. Did it, what was the accident? He got attacked by a pig. Yeah, he was injecting piglets. This farmer had tied the pig up, the sow up, tethered it, uh, but it broke out and got in and smashed him up against the wall and battered him. So it was all a bit grim. So that's why we left Yorkshire. Yeah. And I often think about how different life would have been if we just, because I, I it's, I'm quite weird on the kind of identity front. I feel very Scottish. I feel very Northern, but I've never lived in, never lived in Scotland as, mm. as it were full time. And I've not lived in the North since I was 10, 11. But animals were a massive part of our childhood for obvious reasons. Dad was mainly a big farmer, but a big animal vet. You know, he loved horses. Sorry, Alistair, he's That's got right. too far behind. I know he's coming. Look at him, Alistair. Look at his little legs. Well, they are tiny, aren't they? The walking bog brush. Here he comes. Justine will be so excited to tell her that I'm, I've now reached the point where I'm doing walking the dog podcast. Well, you can tell Justine that Ed did this podcast. Oh, did he? Yes. And do you know what Ed Miliband said about my dog when he came on this podcast? Walking bog brush. Hello. No, he said, he looks rather like a toupee. <laughs> Alistair, what do you think of that? What's the most insulting thing you've had said about Ray? Why would you want to dredge up this pain? I think walking the bog brush gets better than toupee. What do you make of Ray, Alistair? Well, I wouldn't have her. Is that very hurtful? Do you know that? It really upsets me. Does it? Yeah. But that's because she's too small for me, and that's even though I've got a small dog. He? Sorry. He's too small for me. And he's sort of too fluffy, and you can't see his, can't see his features enough. What I love about Skye is the features. Do you know what I think this is? What? I think you're very competitive. Yeah. And I think Ray's had a little bit of attention. From? Just the general public. Oh, no, I don't care about that. I really don't. Honestly, I quite like that. I like it if Sky's being left alone. When she was a puppy, I promise you, we couldn't walk around here without... Alistair, you... Alistair just said he'd, he wouldn't have my dog. I'm really upset. I'm just being honest. I'm just saying, if I was to go into a dog shop and all the, all the dogs in the world were on the shelves... No, your dog's nice. I'm not saying there's anything... Sorry. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with your dog. If you went into a shop where they sold every dog in the world, would you pick that dog off the shelf? <laughs> Possibly not, but you know, you I would say it was a pleasure. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> well, he's saying no one would like... He's no, I'm not saying nobody. <laughs> no, but you're trying to marshal support. No, you asked... <laughs> the taste is totally personal. Very personal, yeah. I mean, we've only ever had coffee spaniels. Yeah. Oh, it's personal, all right. <laughs> you just wouldn't get it in the dog shop. There's character in there, though. Isn't you see? Thank you. <laughs> if you were only allowed a choice between this dog and that dog, which one would you go for? You've just asked them to choose between them. You see, uh, th that is the competitive Alistair Campbell. See ya. We. We disagreed agreeably, me and that gentleman. Yeah, yeah, whereas you felt I was being unfair. <laughs> the most important thing about the dog is the relationship with the owner. And you clearly love your dog, so that's good. I love my dog, you love your dog. 
everybody's happy. So, sorry, we'll go back to, you were telling me just about <laughs> your dad and you moved to... Leicester. Leicester. Same school as Gary Lineker. I never, re- I didn't really take to Leicester, but I took to school. I took to, I, I sort of threw myself into school and, oh yeah, and music and bagpipes and all that stuff. And also the other thing that happened was that having, hello, having left the, um, the north, I be- that's when I really became quite obsessed with Burnley and I used to go away a lot and go to games and stuff. Because you could then, you know, I was hitchhiking around the place. and um, I wasn't unhappy at all, but I just didn't take to Leicester in the way I had to, what I still consider to be sort of, you know, where I, where I came from, as it were. Were you uh, a <coughs> sort of popular and extrovert, or were you quiet and studious? I was quite popular. I was, I was extrovert. I never, ever, ever, ever took my Burnley scarf off at school, ever. Apart from PE. It's a bit sad, isn't it? No, maybe not. I wore, we had a school uniform and I, I used to uh, sit in class wearing my Burnley scarf and a blue anorak. Um, but I was quite popular, I was, you know, enough friends. Uh, and you were quite a happy child. Yeah, yeah. I was very... Um, I did like, I've always liked work, I've always liked the sort of challenge of work. I mean, I didn't mind, I knew what I was good at at school pretty early on. I, th- I knew I was good at words, I knew I was good at languages. Mm. I was good at maths, but I, I went down the, when it came to A-levels, I went down the kind of languages route. And I'm really glad I did that. Um, and then, then I went to Cambridge. And after that, my parents stayed in Leicester for a bit, but then they moved. Um, they went back. They went to Hull. My dad was a P- vet with the PDSA mm. after the Ministry of Agriculture, and then they he uh, then they went back to Yorkshire, back to a place near Skipton. I think Yorkshire was where my dad felt, apart from his own where he came from in the Hebrides. I think Yorkshire was well, that's where he wanted his his ashes scattered and all that stuff. You went to Cambridge. Was that? I didn't like that. Did you not? Why? Uh, I found it, I've never been a very, f- I don't like, I didn't like the stuffiness of it. I, I hate, it's, I think it's where I first became really conscious of the whole power of the class structure in Britain. You know, the kind of, the yahoos and the, all that stuff. I've, I've, I found that difficult. And also, to be absolutely frank, I was you know, drinking, even by student levels, I'd say drinking way, way, way too much and just, I presume that was because I was not basically not very happy there. I'm still glad I went. Uh, and also that even though I say that I don't like the whole kind of class thing, I mean, the truth is that, you know, when Gillian Keegan said recently, it doesn't matter, nobody remembers what you, what A-levels you did, what qualifications, etc. I mean, while there's some truth in that, there is also, I'm afraid, a lot of truth in the fact that if you've, if you've got an Oxbridge degree, it's still a big advantage in life, I'm afraid. Alistair, what's going on here? We've got another dog there. Is it Lassie? Lassie's joined us. Ah, <laughs> there's the owner. She's really beautiful. Yeah. What's her name? She's very lovely, Ruffy. Ruffy, Alistair, this is Ruffy. I've met you at Rachel's place. I'm really Rachel Pinnock, and she's my best busy mate. I'm Libby. Oh, Libby, how are you? Probably <laughs> That's so weird. We've just met Ed Miliband's wife and now Rachel Kidd's best mate. I mean, this is like... How are you? I'm OK. How are you doing? I'm all right. It was too hot. Do you want to get in? Oh, you're gorgeous. Do you He's a Shih Tzu. Imperial Shih Tzu. This guy's getting oh. into the water. <laughs> Listen, see you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Nice to meet you. Now, how is that? That's proper, isn't it? Oh, Sky, Sky, we should say, has just... Found water. We used to get really worried about Sky because she'd dive into places like this. She once swam into Windermere and chased ducks right across the thing. We were apps, and I was literally, it was in the middle of winter, and I stripped off. I was down to my, this, to dive in because we were convinced she'd gone. And it's funny, they sort of know when to stop. She, she suddenly just stopped and turned around and came back. Sky! Come on, darling, you want to get out? Come on, Pop. Here you go. There you go. That's better. 
This podcast is sponsored by Pet Plan, who help keep the nation's dogs happy and healthy. There was so much to think about when I got my dog Raymond. Toilet training, grooming, food, and just how many belly rubs can one woman reasonably be expected to give to a Shih Tzu every day? But one thing I've never had to worry about is paying for veterinary care because I decided to insure Raymond with Pet Plan, who are the UK's number one pet insurance provider. Oh, don't get jealous, Raymond. Of course, you're still my number one. Just a tad on the high maintenance side. Terms, conditions and excesses apply. Pet Plan is a trading name of Allianz Insurance PLC. Oh my God, look at the physique of these guys. Look at what? Look at the physique of these guys. I used to look like that. In the olden days. You still got it? Yeah, a 66-year-old version of it. That guy had an eight-pack, <laughs> didn't he? That was a professional athlete, if ever I saw one. What do you think? <gasps> Come on, Baba. Up here I now. like it when men do that. What, take the shirts off? No. <laughs> what? No, I just mean, I think women are very good at complimenting and they're comfortable with praising each other physically. Right. You know, whereas I, I didn't do it to his face. No, that's <laughs> true. I didn't say you look lovely, you've got a lovely physique. No, but you said it to me, and yeah. I think a lot of men might struggle with that. Oh, right, they yeah. might see that as No, because I think when I see when I see a physique like that, I think of all the work that's gone into it. He's an athlete, he's a proper runner. And he uh, that's what he lives for. You were saying about Cambridge, yeah, you didn't yeah, much. Didn't much like it, no. Do you know I met Jacob Rees-Mogg when he was oh, right. an undergraduate and I was, went to stay with a friend? Yeah. I'll never forget it, Alistair, because I always remembered this boy, Jacob. Or was he like he is now? Well, she knocked on the door mm -hmm. and it was the most extraordinary thing. I heard a voice saying, come. Oh and I thought, I don't know any students like this. Yeah, thought, oh and then he said to me, he said, he asked where I schooled. Where I school? Where like, I schooled. Like, oh. Where did I school? Oh, I can't believe that. Is that the word he used? I think he might have. And then he they said... they have this thing at you, they don't call, yeah. it, they call it school, they don't... Yeah, and then... The school, a school. He wanted to know my A-level grades. Mm -hmm. So you said three A's, yeah? And I said, no, I got two A's and a B. And he, I always remember he said, well, I hope the B wasn't in English. <laughs> <laughs> oh and I, do you know, I never forgot this curious boy. Yeah, no, he is. No, he's uh, a former <laughs> member of the cabinet that wrecked the country. Oh, look, I'm going to put Ray in the stream. There you go. See? Were you chippy? Oh, very, yeah. Yeah, when you were at Cambridge. Yeah, way too chippy. Way too... Way too into, you know bit of aggro. No, oh look at this. This is the women's pond. Oh. Women only. And look, it's a bloody queue. I should have bought a box load of books and flogged a few books, didn't it? <laughs> eh? <laughs> that is so busy. So at Cambridge, after you graduated, did you always know you were going to... No, not at all. Get into politics? Going to go and walk the dog podcast, didn't I have a clue? <laughs> Did no, you know you were going to go into no, politics? No, I wasn't very political back then. If I was anything, I was slightly anti-politics and a bit anarchic. Not anarchic and going around sort of smashing things up, but... Well, you did sm you did headbutt things. I did, yeah. You used to headbutt cigarette Doors. machines. Yeah, and I did, I did. Why, do you, why did you do that, I do don't you know, I don't know. Very silly. Probably to show that I could. I don't know. What a crazy thing to do. I once headbutted a door and I ended up needing stitches above both eyes. And I've got this picture of me with this. It was, it was actually the end of term, and it was a there was you know Mayball, another ridiculous institution. And uh, I'm there with this huge, great bandage right around my head. I don't know why I did that. It must have been some sort of anger inside that. Do you think so? I think so. It came out in different ways. Were you quite angry? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Why do you think you were, ha you were angry? Because I didn't like... I, I think, and this could be sort of post-facto rationalisation, I think I didn't... I had a real feeling that I didn't like this kind of... 
structure, this societal structure mm. that Cambridge and Oxford sort of it's, uh, represent or... It doesn't mean to say, by the way, there aren't some amazing people there teaching and studying and all that. But I just, I don't know, I didn't... It wasn't, it wasn't for me. You ended up joining the Mirror Group as a trainee. Yeah. Well, I had a kind of year doing, doing really weird things like roulette dealer, busker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the only time I've been sacked. Yeah. But you're a good roulette dealer. How do you get that job? So an advert, and I was sitting on the tube. So an advert in the Evening Standard. Um, hello. <laughs> hello. Oh, I like that. Do you know those Border Terriers, Alistair? I love them. They've got something of the sort of RAF about them, those dogs. Oh, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Is and that what you do? Do you look at dogs and put them into military categories? Yeah. <laughs> Sky is definitely not special forces. And so you did your weird jobs, your yeah. roulette, and then your brief career writing erotic fiction. That was pre previous. And... When you were working for the Mirror in Devon, uh, that, Mirror was, Group, yeah. that was when you met Fiona. Correct. Did you sort of know as soon as you saw her? No. Sort of drifted into it in a way, but very, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, I think if you just said to me then, do you think we'll be together for like four decades plus? I'd have said, mm, maybe. If you'd have said to me, do you think, Fiona will end up loving the dog so much that the dog will barely walk when we're out without her. And I said no, because she wasn't a dog person at all. She had a cat called Kiss Kiss when I first met her. And I don't, I'm not really a cat person. No, we were very, very lucky. It was like, I mean, we were really thrown together because we literally was staring at each other across a two desks in a porter cabin for the entire training programme. So were you friends first? Did you get in by stealth and think, oh, I'll no, be friends? No, it was pretty, pretty full on, full on quite quickly, I'd say. Well, we then got sent to the same local paper together. So four people, five people in the newsroom, we were two of them. We found a place to live together and that was it. And we've sort of been together ever since. Which is very, very lucky. Is that the right way to say it? No. No, I'm very lucky. I beg your pardon. So I always get that bit wrong in these totally unconfected podcast situations. <laughs> I'd say we've both done pretty well with each other, but I think I've done better. I think I'm quite difficult to live with. Why? Because of my moods, because of my obsessiveness, because of my pathological fear of being bored. Uh, yeah, I'm quite difficult. We've had a lot of ups and downs, most of them caused by me. But she's pretty amazing, she's a pretty amazing woman. And the dog is now the latest recipient of her tender, loving care. Sky, what are you eating? What are you eating? I'm interested in how you manage your moods, because I, you wrote a book, we'll discuss your other book, obviously, um, but you wrote a book, Living Better. Yeah. And I found that so helpful, that book. Good. I loved it. Good. Um, and Do you I... remember the bit where I, where I was beating myself up physically? I was just over there. Yeah. Was it just after you'd stopped working yeah. for... Yeah, yeah. Well, you'd left Downing Street, essentially. Yeah. It wasn't Tony Blair, it was Gordon Brown by that stage, but... No, it was still Tony. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd left political life, essentially, or yeah. you'd left that. And... You had this sort of... Crash. Yeah, what, and, and it was here on the heath, wasn't it? And what happened then? Well, we were walking literally about just over there, 50, 100 yards away, and I just started punching myself in the face, and Fiona was standing there and looking at... These days, I mean, I've given her some hard time, some sort of bad moments in her life, but as soon as I've seen her actually sort of put her hands on her face and look terrified, and I was just punching myself in the face and I think what it was about was I just had this, I've been going through this really long depressive episode and I just, I kind of felt it was never, ever, ever going to stop. And so I don't know what I was doing, but it was really, 
it was a bit of a breakthrough moment though because as I was doing it I was obviously whatever my irrational mind at the time was doing my rational mind was saying I've got to get this I've got to see somebody I've got to sort this out I can't go on like this and we went back and I said I've got to see somebody I've got to, I can't and Philip Gould who was my closest friend he he recommended this guy uh, who I saw a few days later and I saw him for years after that and I still see him every now and then I'm interested in how the sort of strategies you use which are very helpful and the whole jam jar thing yeah well it's sort of it was a woman I, I did a documentary for the Beeb on depression and their idea was go around talk to different people in different parts of the world and try different things to deal with depression, find something new. Hey presto, final scene, throw the antidepressants in the bin and walk into the sunset. Mm. Happy ever after. That was the sort of hope they had. And I said, well, that's never going to happen, but I'm happy to make the film. Went off and, the, and the, the jam jar, it's not my idea. It was a woman called, a woman called Janine Austin, who's a, she's a Brit living in Canada. And essentially what it is, is it's a sort of, <coughs> you have a jam jar. Oh, look, she's off now. So but essentially what it is, is you, you look at, you, you, you take a jam jar, <coughs> the bottom of the jam jar, you've got sediment from a homemade jam, and that's your genes. That, that's never going to change, always going to be there. And then the rest of the jam jar is your life filling up with billions of experiences and thoughts and ideas and good things and bad things. And her, set, her thing was that most of the time, most people are managing just about. But when they don't manage, it's because there's too much going on. Jam jar explodes and you, you become mentally ill, right? Mm. And she said, instead of trying to undo what's inside the jam jar, the past, build on the jam jar to extend it. And so for me, I've actually got, I'm now, I have a real jam jar on my desk. I have a drawing next to it, which is my jam jar. And it, so you've got the jam jar there, and then the first thing is FFF. That's Fiona family friends. Make sure you work your own relationships, key relationships, and that's hard. <clears throat> but I know for a fact, if we're getting on, my life's better. If the kids are happy, my life's better. If the few people that I would count as very, very close friends are there and I see them as being close, I'm happy. And then I'm onto things like Meaningful, the next one is MA, meaningful activity. That's work to make a living, but it's also work to make a difference. Then I go diet, sleep, exercise, music, bagpipes, Burnley Football Club, Sky, my bike, all the different, my books. Curios and then I go thematic, curiosity, creativity, writing. And what happens is that if I'm feeling like I'm, and by the way, it doesn't always work, but if I feel like I'm going into a dive, I get my jam jar out and I just think, okay, <clears throat> I feel like shit, but today I'm going to try and do something that ticks every single one of these. So read a book, not a newspaper, listen to music, not the news, play my bagpipes, write a tune, and write something, get in touch with somebody to talk about, you know, a friend you haven't seen for a while or something. It's interesting as well, isn't it, that your passions, and you've said you're quite obsessive in some ways, you mm. like things absolutely and passionately. Mm. And I find it interesting that music and football are both big passions because both of those things, you have to be completely focused in the moment. You're in the now. They root right. you in the now. Yeah. And I wonder if that allows you to pause your racing mind a bit. Maybe, maybe. I mean... The thing I say about football, certainly. Come on. How did Sky get in there? Oh. In that way. Come on. She's so lovely. She is. No, Sky's definitely in the jam jar. You see, and you can add to your jam jar. Would you? Ha I don't think you'd have Ray in your jam jar, though. Uh, no. But if you were in the FFF bit, then your dog's part of that as well. But no, Ray's not coming in the jam jar yet. When you left, you struggled a bit, didn't you, to sort of adjust to civilian life? And yeah. 
I think it was in your diary, someone had said, you can't just spend the rest of your life being Alastair Campbell. Yeah, Matthew Freud said that. I'm not sure I agree with him, though. No, I'm not sure I do. If we all sort of agree that it's healthy to prioritise the climb over the summit, yeah. you've done the climb and yeah, it was hard work, and now you're at the summit, surely that's exactly what you should be doing, is being Alastair Campbell. Mm. I mean, what I think he meant by that was, and he was right about this, don't just trade off your past. And I think he also meant, look, you're, you ought to be doing another really big job somewhere, okay? And that's the bit I've decided I don't particularly want to do. Ah! Alistair, she's doing a poo. I, I, I think it might have been a wee. Huh? I think it might have been a wee, but I'll take out my... I'm not going to split hairs with you. Yeah, I think it was a wee. Alistair, what, what do you think of Peter Mandelson? Do you think I'd like him? Yeah, I think you'd enjoy a dog walk with him. What, what's he like? Well, he's... Why do you ask that question in such a suspicious way? Do I sound suspicious? A little bit. Well... I think you quite like him, yeah. He's very funny. He's very charming. He said of Tony Blair to you that he's... Ruthless. Well, did he say something like Tony Blair is selfish but brilliant at not making you think he's selfish? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Is that true? Uh, I don't think he's... I know what Peter means by that. My favourite headline about Tony ever was in an Australian magazine. And the headline was, Nice Kind of Bastard. And I think what it meant was, he's a really nice guy, which he genuinely is. He's a very nice guy. He's properly motivated. He's got decent values, etc. But he knows what he wants, and he's very, very determined. Um... And I think another, you know, another skill he's got that's incredibly important in politics, he's, he is very good at making people feel good about what they're doing, whereas I look at this lot, I mean, they spend the whole time sort of telling teachers their shit, doctors their shit, you know. It's not the, that is not the way to motivate people. Well, he persuaded you to do that job. He when did. Both your partner Fiona and Neil Kinnock were saying... Don't do it. I don't think you should do it. And he, and he flew over... To interrupt your holiday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey ho. I want to just say to you, I also found it really, we don't have to dwell on this for too long if it's going to make you sad, but um, I loved what you wrote about your brothers as well. Oh, yeah. I lost my sister. Right. And it's kind of a weird thing losing a sibling because, do you know, Alistair, I don't think a day goes by when I don't think of her. Oh, no, not at all. Do you yeah. feel that? Yeah, totally. Well, I think the thing with my older brother in particular, Donald, because he had schizophrenia and he died, both of them died age 62. It was a joke in the family that when I was 61, you know, when I get through the next year, they both died age 62. <coughs> but with Donald, it was because he had schizophrenia and 40 years on really, you know, tough antipsychotics, it wears down your immune system. And, yeah. Uh, but I think about him a lot in part because I... He and I learnt the bagpipes together with my dad. They're both now dad, dead, and I, I get, I still feel. Whenever I play the pipes now, I feel a sense of connection. And when Donald died, he, you know, he was a bit of a, he was a bit of a hoarder. We, we, my sister and I, when we were clearing out his flat, we found loads of kilts and cap badges and chant, practice chanters and sets of pipes, and. But he left me in his will. The, the one pipe, the set of pipes that he really loved, the ones that were the best. Shall I play? I, that's the set I play now. Love the pod. Thank you. Thank you. He meant mine, not yours. <laughs> Alistair Campbell, competitive. <laughs> well, he might have meant yours, but he was looking at me and raising the. <laughs> well, no, that happens a lot more than it's happened Does so it? far today, yeah. yeah. Particularly in. Um, yesterday, the day before, I had dinner at the Estonian Embassy. I went to High Street Kensington and I walked down to the thing. I had five people saying that in that short distance. And this, of course, is Love rest is politics. politics. Oh, that's, do you know what? I thought there's a dog just out of the sky. In the sky. <laughs> I thought there was a dog. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. You know, you sound like a terrible absentee father. <laughs> oh, it's my child. Well, like David Cameron, he left his kid in the pub. <laughs> Yeah, so the podcast, which has been, I get the sense, 
even you're surprised by the oh totally yeah are you the level of success because totally. it's never been out of the top five consistently number one mm. how, how, what are we talking downloads wise now i've got a fair idea but well i don't i mean i, I don't, don't want to undersell you here no it's, well well into the millions every month uh i know that even at the sort of december which you thought was a bit quieter it was something like six and a half million or something and it's really weird how both rory and i have written these books that are essentially about and your book, we should say, is called But What Can I Do? It is, and his is called Politics on the Edge. And they're both really about how politics is bust. And people have got to understand that before it can get fixed. And I've, we were both working on them before we got together to do the podcast. So it's sort of... And I, what's been great is how many young people listen. When did the Albert Hall, a, th- a third were under 30. I was actually yesterday with... I was doing a thing at Ditchley with some young... Uh, Candidates, both Labour and Tory, who are going to be first-time candidates at the next election. <laughs> it was quite interesting because, of course, you know, they weren't young, young. They weren't, they weren't that. I didn't notice them in their twenties, but certainly some in their thirties. And you know, you think for some of them, it's like when I heard Bridget Phillipson the other day talking about <coughs> hello when she hello. Was, when she was growing up you know, as a sort of beneficiary of all the things that New Labour did. I thought, no, it's literally a different generation. Mm. So, but I think it's the next generation that's really got a... And that's, you know, that's why I do loads of stuff. I'm actually writing a book at the moment about politics for primary school children. (laughs) So I'm quite enjoying. Where do you get your work ethic from? Well, my dad had it. Really? But not in the same way. He had a job, you know, and he had a business. He was a vet. but But you're very driven. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Why do you think that is? Sometimes people are running from something. Sometimes, yeah, possibly. I think I keep. I think it might. A lot of it might be. I think it goes back to my jam jar and the meaningful activity bit. Do you know what, Alistair? What? You're very different to how I imagined. Oh. Why? Because I'm not frightened of you at all. And I thought you'd be quite frightening. <laughs> <laughs> We're not on a date. <laughs> Sorry. There was a lady sitting on a bench who just heard me saying that to Alistair. Someone just overheard that. That was rather awkward. It was, not it? He probably got home to tell her, oh, Alistair comes over. I think he, I think he, I think he must hit his, he was like this woman. She said, I'm not frightened of you anymore. Bloody hell. I think I just, all these words that I associate with you. Eight pack. Well, what are some of the words that people use? Oh, I don't know. I think they say competitive. Yeah, that's fine. Driven. Yeah. Ruthless. Mm. Yeah, maybe ish a bit. Fine. Warm. Funny. Soulful. If I was your friend, I imagine you'd be in my top three people to call. It's another. Stop saying these ridiculous things in front of other people. <laughs> if I was your friend, she's going to go and sit at that bench and say to the woman, "You never guess what I just heard." I mean. No, I'm saying I think you'd be someone who would help a friend in a crisis. Oh yeah, I'm quite good at that. I'm quite. Are good you? At, yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't think we have that many friends in the world. I think, but we know who they are, and I think we know when we need to help them, and they, we know who to call on when we need that help, I think. What do you think you've learned? You've got three kids. Yeah. Rory, Callum, and Grace. Right, yeah. What have your kids taught you? What have you learned from them? I don't necessarily mean being a parent. I mean from them as individuals. What have I learned from them? I mean, it goes without saying, they've got a better understanding of the modern world than I have. Um, and I find that quite useful. I think they have a... I mean, they're very different, but I think they all have a pretty good take on the world that is... You can see how it, a lot of it does come from who Fiona and I are and what we believe. And, but at the same time, they've got their own, their own judgments and their own ways of dealing with the world. I mean, I know this is a bit of a sort of cliche, but they do, 
they do sort of remind you all the time, not in a nasty way, but just by their constant presence in your lives. They remind you that, you know, there's so much, no matter how important it might be along the way, there's so much about professional life that is ephemeral, mm. but this stuff is kind of forever. You know, it's like when we talked about Molly dying, you know, <laughs> the only people who were there were me, Fiona and the kids, that's it. So those kind of really big moments of life and death, they, then, you know, they matter. And I also, you know, I think I also know, look, families have changed so much because of geography, the fact we're more dispersed and what have you, but our kids all live near us, um, see them pretty often. Mm -hmm. And I, don't know, I, think there's, I think there's good, and I think, you know, I, I always remember when I was at university, or when I had a year in Nice as a student, for example, my parents came out to see me for a few days. But apart from that, I probably wrote to them every few weeks, phoned them once a month, you know? Uh, same, I remember at Cambridge, I used to, you know, reverse charge call and call me back once every Sunday. Mm. That was it. Whereas now, I think, you this constant sense of connectedness. <coughs> Funny enough, Rory, my oldest son, he, when the whole kind of Zuckerberg thing first took off, and social media, etc., <laughs> and I was kind of quite excited by it because I thought it'd break down the kind of monopoly of the old-fashioned media oligarchs. And I remember Rory saying, "This thing, this thing's going to ruin the world. This thing's going to destroy the world." And I, you know, I didn't really understand it, but you know. So I think that it's just their different take on certain yeah. things. Yeah, they offer you I think, that. I mean, great. One specific thing, Grace has definitely made me think about the whole kind of feminist stuff differently. Alistair, where do you stand when it comes to dogs on the bed? Is, does Sky sleep with you and Fiona? Yes. She's quite inobtrusive, though. She sort of jumps on. She sort of lies on the edge of the bed. When she was a puppy, she used to wake me up every morning with literally just and she's you know what the other thing i'll say about sky she knows when i'm depressed 100 percent. she sort of comes up and lies on the pillow in the morning she knows and on the sofa as well if i'm sitting on the sofa and just a bit she knows what i'm feeling she just comes in and she sort of just sits there yeah do you think it's really it's good for your mental health oh your yeah definitely yeah I know this is projecting yourself onto your dog, but I sometimes worry she gets depressed. I sometimes worry she's really low. <laughs> Alistair, I completely feel that as well about Ray. Like when I'm crying and he licks my tears really manically. Aww. But then I think, is he absorbing all this Thanks. pain? Yeah. Hello, you're right. I love your podcast. Thank you. It's amazing. Thank you very much. What did he say to you? Didn't even, didn't even say. Should I tell him more about hers? Alistair. What? Remind me never to play a board game at your house. So basically, What's Sky, is, like? Sky is more popular than Ray. And my podcast is more popular than yours. Your podcast is more popular than God's. God doesn't do a podcast. <laughs> well, Gary Lineker hasn't had a conversation with him yet. He's on to it. <laughs> do you think it's, it's made you calmer, more restrained, the podcast? What, the podcast? Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think so. Hello? Oh, is it, oh you, have you got to go around to QuickFit? Oh, fine. Yeah, 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 fine. We'll be back in 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Bye, bye. Come on. Right, I'm under orders now. Sky. Come on, Sky. What thing do you most hope? people would say about you when you walked out of a room? Don't care. <laughs> I honestly don't care. Do you not? Not really, no. Do, I think that's quite a superpower. I don't really care. Um, Grace always says that something she really admires in you is that your ability to to sort of park all that stuff, you yeah. know, that concern over what other people think. You're right. I don't I mean, I wouldn't want them to think. God, he's a real twat, or you know, I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't mind if they sort of think, oh, he seems all right, or whatever. But hello, do you like her dog? What? Do you like her dog? Do I like her dog? Yeah. I love her dog. Beautiful.
you think my dog's better? Um, yeah, that's a yeah. Perfect, thank you. It's a rout. <laughs> Alistair Campbell, I, how competitive are you? It's a rout. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, what do you most hope people would say when you leave the room? No, I honestly don't care. It depends what it is. If I was, in a, if I was talking to school and I walked out, if the kids all said, oh, that was quite interesting, that'd be good. If I was at a place where I was trying to persuade somebody to hand over a large cheque to a mental health charity and they wrote the cheque out, I think that's good. But if it's sort of some, you know, chattering class event somewhere where I don't care, why should you care? It's like, why you, I don't care what somebody says on social media. Why would I care about somebody just sort of, you know, you bump into randomly at some do or other? Look at that big old one. You're <laughs> him. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's young. What about you? <laughs> Come on, I know Alistair's under all. Yeah. I nearly went Ali. Sky. The only people who are allowed to call me, the only people who call me Ali and it doesn't annoy me. Yeah. Fiona, my mum, my sister, my brothers and I dead. Uh, some members of the, other members of the family. Tony calls me Ali. Some of the team at number 10 call me Ali. Uh, that's about it. I prefer, my, I don't know, I quite like my name actually. Were you quite a good boss? Very. You see, I cared what they thought. I wanted them to think I was good to work for, I wanted them to think I knew what I was doing. The one thing that I think you perhaps struggle with is praise. Yeah. I don't, I don't get the feeling you're, you, you kind of know how to accept praise. Yeah. Would that be right? Something in that, yeah. I just think a lot of it's a bit otios. Also, I don't... Hello. I was watching the Tyson Fury series the other night. Have you seen it? I am obsessed. <laughs> Isn't it great, Alistair? Well, well, I'm only halfway through, but you know when he goes to the Isle of Man? Oh, I know when he goes to the right, Isle of Man. And all his fans. And he comes off the stage and he's absolutely... You can see he's absolutely buzzing, right? And people are saying that was fantastic. I don't get that. When we did the Albert Hall, I think the team were really disappointed with the, the Goldhanger guys, because we came off and it had gone really, really well. And I just, as soon as I've done it, I'm kind of on to the next thing. So, I, no, you're right, I don't really like... It's not, I'll tell you what I don't. The, the, having like, somebody saying to me, like you just said, I really like your book, I find it helpful, I like that, right? But does that mean more or less than the fact that it went to number one? You know? Not sure. I do with the Living Better book, to be fair, I get a lot of people saying it's helped them with their depression. So that does, I do like that. Like recently when we were in France, where it's the exception rather than the rule that people will recognise you, right? Sometimes I absolutely love that. And other times I think, this is a bit weird. Mm. You know, maybe, I'm, maybe I do miss that a bit. But it, honestly, it doesn't... I think it's more important what you're well known for. Yeah. Um, well, my dad used to always say to me, I mean, he died before that culture had exploded, but he used to say, the trouble is now, people don't want to do, they want to be. Mm. And I think there's some truth in that. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I, <coughs> you know, I wouldn't want to be known because I was on some sort of, you know, I mean, it's possible to go on to something like Love Island and come off it and change the world in a positive way. It's possible. Oh, is that what you're going to do then? No, I'm not. Hello. Hello. What a lovely pug. Oh, thank you. Oh, hello. You put one onto your arm. I thought that was a handbag. Which you think is a better, better looking dog? That one or that one? Um, let's have a look. Oh, the, eyes, the eyes are good. I quite like the Wookiee. <laughs> I did that for you, Emily. I thought you've got to get one vote. <laughs> Alistair. Because I was so far ahead. You will keep on and on and on. Yeah. Until you get the result you want. Well, I invented this new word in, but what can I do? Perseverance. I've definitely got that. Grace is, <laughs> the kids have got that as well. I mean, Grace has got it in spades. I remember once when she was really upset by a terrible review. 
and I said, so what's the point of worrying about it? And it, we, it turned out the guy went to Eaton's. So some Etonian twat <laughs> is probably <laughs> jealous of the fact that you're making people laugh and you're selling out in Edinburgh. So he decides he has to do that. Partly because he doesn't like you for whatever reason, partly because I'm your dad, blah, blah, blah. Who gives a shit? And the next night that she did the show was the best I'd ever seen her. So that's perseverance. Oh, Alistair, well, we're getting to Campbell Miller Towers now. We are. And yeah. I've, I've really loved our walk. Good. Well, do you, want, do you want to come and see if she's in? I think I don't have a key, so she better be. Hello. I just wanted to say hello. That was, that was a struggle. This is Raymond. That was a struggle. Oh, Alistair, Fiona, but he's be, he's been so competitive the whole time. He's been all stopping people, saying, which dog do you prefer? Which, has she been in the water? A little bit. I hope we get to meet when we've got more time to talk. See you about. soon. Alistair, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Pleasure. I loved every second of it. We didn't meet, I was hoping we might, you know, Ricky Gervais is often wandering around. He loves animals, loves them. Well, he might have liked Ray. I got Alistair Campbell. That's enough for me. I'm really happy with what I've got. Good. Alistair, I really loved meeting you and yeah. I love Sky. And I hope that uh, Ray and Sky can become playmates. Yeah, okay. Okay, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed that episode of Walking the Dog. We'd love it if you subscribed and do join us next time on Walking the Dog wherever you get your podcasts.